Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. If your team isn't in the postseason tournament, I hope you've gotten over it. If your team is in, muzzle tub and get ready because the wild card round commences. Not really at this point, even in a matter of days. I'm counting it by the hours, and and very soon it'll be by the minute. I can't wait for this thing to get going here. Episode number 44 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Thanks for tuning in. Available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? And uh, also at davedamashek.nfl.com. And as always, I'm joined here in Studio 66 at the Dave Damashek Podcast Podcast Nerve Center, the network of uh, podcasts available on nfl.com, Eisen's Podcast, the Coach's Podcast, the Fantasy Show, and beyond. I'm joined right now, though, by, by my main man here. You know him from the Pick 6 column that you read. Now it's available in video form as well. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. And you know what? What? Hit my music. Adam Rank is here. Both that truck on beer. He likes fries, fries, fries. Fries, fries, fries. With gravy. All right, touche. We haven't heard it in a We've while. It sounds too good. too long for that. You know what? And it's, I'm... Look who's taking control. Is that what? Tell me honestly. Did you say to your wife on New Year's Eve or New Year's morning, did you wake up, your eyes popped out, or they probably didn't pop open, they were bloodshot red, but you said... <laughs> Getting like, up for fantasy live uh, on Sunday. Let me tell you something. If one <laughs> thing changes in 2012, I'm not going to be that Damashix uh, doormat anymore. The lackey? That's right. No, I'm still that guy. Don't worry <laughs> about that. I've No role of that. No role has changed. I'm excited for the playoffs, expecting big things from the Chargers. Going to be a grand. No, no. Po- the Chargers, they're, they're out. They didn't are you make, sure? They, they did not make because, a positive. 
No, 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 because I just saw a report that North Turner and A.J. Smith are coming back, so I'm just assuming <laughs> the Chargers are in the playoffs. I can see your confusion. It is very confusing, the statement that uh, owner Spanos made. He said, the reason he gave for bringing Norv and A.J. back was continuity. <laughs> I think I think you're kind of missing the point. When, Second yes, place finishes. Continuity is terrific if you're successful. Yes, let's keep that going. Let's not stop <laughs> this train. But when it hasn't worked out for you, that's when you want to change the operation a little bit. I don't get when the when the curtain's going to eventually be pulled back on AJ Smith because he has this reputation of a talent evaluator, and maybe he is, but it's not so much that he's a talent guy. If if he drafts you, you're in pretty good shape. You're in better shape when he releases you. Because mm-hmm. it's so funny because it was fitting that Darren Sproles caught the pass from Drew Brees to break Dan Marino's all-time record because this is something that A.J. Smith has seen far too often because if you think of all the great players that have left San Diego to go on to great heights at other spaces, places, rather, you have Rodney Harrison. Junior Seau was part of that team, mm-hmm. did pretty well. Wes Welker, you know, played a couple of games for the Chargers, was cut. Uh, Eli I don't Manning. remember that. I don't remember yeah, yeah. the he, Dolphin. I don't he recall played him one game with the Chargers in 2004. Was cut. Eli Manning, Breeze, Sproles. When well, you... I think I, it's a great. That's interesting. And as a matter of fact, why don't we open this this up to the Czech Republic and to the rank amateurs, our respective uh, uh, people who align themselves with us. Either way, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. But let's open it up at Damashek at Adam Rank. Drop us a line. What team has let go more stars in the era of free agency? This is certainly not you. You know, it's certainly not unique that players left at their original team and have gone on to stardom. I wonder if the Chargers are the are the best slash worst of that group. I wonder how many teams have allowed two Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks to walk away. Interesting. Yeah, and is there a bigger I, Eli and who else? Eli and Breeze. Oh, and Breeze. Yeah, right. So I say the team that signs Vincent Jackson next year becomes next year's Super Bowl favorite. Interesting thing that we'll have to track there. All right, so uh, we like, but for now we do have to dig into uh, in, into this weekend's games and to what we how we foresee this entire playoff picture shaken out here. Go ahead. Can I say it's a shame that the the college bowls have not finished? By the time the playoffs start in the NFL, I want my college bowls done. Well, and I've said it before, and you remind me, I'll say it again right now, and I'll say it through Monday night's game between LSU and Alabama. I don't know about this whole system. And, and uh, we got uh, our old pal producer, Wilk Tie, in there. Black Tie is out, so it's Wilk Tie behind the glass. He loves his college football, does Wilk Tie, so feel free to jump in on this. But here, here's what I know. Whether it, should it be Stanford? Should it be Oklahoma State? I guess based on the result of that uh, affair a couple of days ago, I guess my answer is definitively now Oklahoma State. But yes. here, here's who I know shouldn't be playing in that game: Alabama, who already <laughs> lost at home to LSU. The entire system is structured so that it is one and done. You lose a game, you lose control of your destiny. This is how people say, "Hey, listen, some teams lose in the regular season, in the, in the, and then they go on and play that team in the Super Bowl and beat them. Should that not count?" Yeah, it should count because that's the way the NFL has structured itself. College football has, you know, obviously it's not in uh, it's not in writing anywhere in the uh, in the rule book that that's how it has to go. But it's implied that this is the way it's supposed to go. You lose a game. I mean, listen, Alabama didn't even win its division in the SEC. This SEC ruling the world. We're we're all suffering from Stockholm syndrome. They have beaten us down with this with this uh, idea that they are. Beyond shadow of a doubt, they're definitely the best conference. But it, they're 
is the opportunity for other teams to be halfway decent if you aren't playing in the southeastern portion of our uh, of our continental U.S. It's I, re- and, and by the way, let me just say this too quickly: Oklahoma State, especially history, is going to forget th- that they were a really uh, really strong team and really deserved to be in this uh, BCS title game. Th- think about it. first of all, that game was played on a Friday night. It's a weird time that uh, college kids just don't play games on Friday nights. Right. So that uh, I'm sure they were a little discombobulated by that rabid Iowa State crowd. Yes, Iowa State stinks, but uh, it was a weird situation that, for them to walk into. But more importantly, you'll remember there was the plane crash. The the uh, women's basketball team. I you know the coach and the assistant coach, and I'm not sure who else uh, uh, was on that plane. But I'm sure in a small town like Stillwater, Oklahoma. This was this was the only thing going on, and I'm sure it cast a pall across everything that happened on that campus for that week. And a couple of days later, then they're playing a, a, a conference game against a an actual Division One team in Iowa State under weird circumstances. Like I say, I'm sure they weren't exactly right for that game. They have one loss, and so does Alabama. Alabama's came to LSU. How did they get a redo? There's no such thing as there shouldn't be mulligans at the very least. What gives? I don't understand how Oklahoma State didn't get that shot, but I don't. That, that's my, say what you have to say, Rank, and then let's turn the page because I don't want to get bogged down with this college football I nonsense. I don't either, but let me ask you a question. Are you going to watch the game on Monday night? Of course I will. That's your part of the problem. This is where we don't really have anything we can do. There's not we don't have something that we can go out and make a grand statement, and I'm not going to say let's occupy the BCS. But don't watch the game. Let, uh, let ESPN's rankings tank and then go for it that way because the only vote that we have is with our remote controls. And if we don't go out and if we don't watch the game and we let them know, look, this is not acceptable. I'm not going to watch this because you're putting it out there. You know what? I'm, I'm just done. I'm I just, hear you. I'm, not, I'm skipping it. Guys, I, under- I have to, I have to uh, jump in here just to, uh, to, to uh, answer what you said earlier with my things that I agree with and disagree with here. I agree with you. Oklahoma State should be in the uh, in the national championship, or should have been. I agree that I will not be watching the LSU Alabama game. However, um, to say that the the reasons for losing to Iowa State that that uh, that was I think it was actually the same day as the plane crash, which is a valid reason. But I mean, it's a Friday night. What they can't play on Friday nights? They're going to be playing on Sundays. I'm just saying it was it was. Odd circumstance. They played on Friday a couple years ago when they were in high school. I think that's I think that's a, a bogus argument. Can I say this? I, I didn't actually expect him to jump he's, on talking. He's empowered because he's not here every week now. I see. So now he feels like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be removed I know, next but I, week. I like I make a point that I think is valid. I don't need him interrupting me to tell me it's not valid. I'm not. Yeah, I don't get what he's talking about. I, you know, I, I have the power to end this early. If you say guys that, want, this can be a 20 minute podcast. I'm just saying. All right. Well, listen. Here's what I do want to say, and a couple of things quickly before we get into to uh, to the playoff action here. Um, one. The uh, thanks to everybody who checked out uh, the shame report this week. I, I feel personally, immodestly, I feel like this was a top three effort of the season so far. So check that one out at uh, NFL.com. Rank your work is what can I say? It's your work. You know, that, that's what that is. And then uh, here's the big news. First of all, with this podcast, thanks to everybody who's been tuning in. Last week, our biggest week ever in terms of numbers. Uh, the show continues to grow. Thanks much for that. Spread the word on that. And uh, please uh, share the news with your friends. Get them to subscribe. And speaking of podcasts, I was on the Adam Carolla podcast uh, earlier this week. Gangbusters uh, time visiting with the Ace Man and, uh, and his crew over there. So check that one out, won't you? And, uh, and then here's the biggest news of all. Rank, you and me. 
We're going to the Hoosier State where yeah. I matriculated. I went to Indiana University, of course, mm-hmm. during the year during the uh, the time of Calbert Chaney, Coach Knight, and beyond. We didn't get a national championship while, while I was there, but I right. did see some great college hoops. We're going to be in Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. We're going to be there the whole week. It's going to be a wonderful time. I'll show you my Indiana. Oh, and uh, yeah, we're we're, we're going to have a great time out there. But here's what we're going to be doing, along with doing a shame report, and uh, I'm sure we'll find time to make the podcast at some point. But NFL.com live, three hours from Media Row, and uh, and we'll be sitting there. We're going to kibitz. We're going to do sort of a video version of the podcast, oh, a three-hour show. It's going to be me. I'm in the captain's seat, right? Well, Is that it, how it goes? As it should be. I agree. I mean, I think so. I think that's the right way to go. But it'll be, and then you'll be there, and then who else? E.H., Elliot Harrison. Right, he Jason be there. Smith is going to roll through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know who's all going to be there. And then, of course, Media Row. I'd never been there until last year. But, listen, the Hall of Famers walk to and fro. The place, right. the, the, the place is lousy with the NFL legends. Oh, you look there, grow good. And then also Brooklyn Decker's over there. Bring mm-hmm. her over. Hey, Adam Sandler, get him on. So the main thing we got to do, though, is we got to get uh, Pat Kerwin and, and uh, Tim Ryan, our favorite rate NFL show, done. on Sirius. Talk about it. We got just see the four of us looking at each other, saying, "Talk, talk about, about it." it. No, we, you talk about it. No, 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 you talk about it first. I'm really afraid that Tim Ryan sincerely doesn't like us, <laughs> or doesn't <laughs> like me. Do you have any? Do you, do you really believe Tim Ryan? I was has on, any idea who you you or me is. He was probably, if he was listening to the NFL series on Wednesday, he probably would have heard me making fun of him. Oh, is that right? You I were dropped doing a couple of f- talk about it on it. Well, I listen, don't think I'm a, ever allowed. It's an homage. Who says that that's yeah, an insult? That's what... All right. Episode number 44. We honor each episode by talking about the player who wore it best, not just in football, but in all of sports history. And let's uh, do that right now. I, 44, one of the truly iconic numbers in uh, in the world of sports, and it starts with Jim Brown during his uh, schoolboy days when right. he was the Syracuse Orangeman, Jimmy Brown, and I, you know this one's going to be hard to beat. Hammer and Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron, yep. yeah, the home run king for now and all of time in my book. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Reggie, of course, Willie McCovey, with early McCovey. days of uh, the Giants when they went to the to the Bay Area, teamed up with Willie Mays, um, Dan Issel. Jerry West. Jerry West. So, logo. All right, so I'm circling Jerry West, Hank Aaron. You have John Riggins, Chuck Foreman, Dick mm-hmm. LeBeau, the now defensive coordinator, but a Hall of Famer right. for his uh, quarterback deeds. Robbie right. Brown, high-scoring winger for the Pittsburgh Penguins on 66 uh, Mario Lemieux's wing back in the early 90s. Dave Babbage was good. Kevin McHale, the black hole yeah. for the Celtics, was 44. You got anybody else? McHale was 44? Yeah, wasn't he? He wasn't 32? Oh, no, he was – oh, you're right. No, he wasn't 44. I think he was 32, come to think of it, yeah. We have uh, former Rams fullback Mike Gooman. Not worth we, mentioning. Uh, no, because in, uh, in uh, Anaheim Stadium, over the uh, right field bullpen was a sign every week, go, go, Gooman. Somebody brought a sign for again, the fullback. Again, not I worth mentioning. Cool. No, it was. Not worth mentioning. And then uh, the- if we're going off college, though, what about Brian Bosworth? Ooh, the Number boss. 44. Yeah, delightful. Had a big, had a big stink. One about of the great moments of all time was when, uh, you know, if you, I'm sure most people know. But then again, in a world where people don't know who Drew yeah. Pearson and Rocky Blyer are, I encourage you kids, if you don't know the play I'm talking about, when uh, when Bo visited the kingdom and Brian Bosworth and steamrolled him on one play at the goal line, that was awesome. But I, I prefer the uh, the pitch out, the 80-yard run around the end. Nobody gets a finger on him. Runs, right. a, runs around the end and no NFL caliber defensive player on the Raiders. I mean, on the uh, Seahawks could get a finger on it. Just ran right around the the tackle and gone. 
It was awesome. Up, and then vanished. Up the tunnel. Yeah, d- disappears up the tunnel. That was awesome. So, and did Randy McMillan. I- did you say the Iceman, too? George the Iceman, George Gervin. Paul Westfall, now uh, free if you're in need of a coach. And um, <laughs> I, to me, it comes down to Hank Aaron and Jerry West. And this one seems like a gimme that you're going to go Hank Aaron. But Jerry West, top 10 all time. Logo. Yeah. And Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron has the home run record, but. Hank Aaron's got to be top five or six, though. I think we got to go Hammer and Hank, right? I would go Jerry West. Jerry, well, I'm, sh- I'm shocked you as a Lakers fan would say that. All right, let's uh, Wilk Ty include that, uh, make uh, Hank Aaron our official award winner. I, uh, well, you know what? You want to break the tie? Have you heard of either one of those guys, Jerry West or Ooh. Hank Aaron? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what your ge- don't your generation be with us. Your generation knows hardly anything. If it, well, if it ha- I wasn't alive when he was playing, then you don't seem to need yeah, to you know, know anything. Who that sounds like you. No, that doesn't. You're the same way. That's untrue. You, you, about what? Is about Don, what? Is what Don, Don not- Hudson? Is Don Hudson a great player? That's not why I disregard okay. his deeds. It's not because I never saw him. I don't. Uh, I have no regard for his numbers that he put up in the 30s when the NFL was a fringe sport. It's not at all comparable to anything you know, we've seen since the AFL and. NFL merge, I ergo I reject it. That's it. Now to break the tie. Wait, break. as a as a diehard Laker fan, this is difficult for me. But I think you have to go with Hank Aaron. Shut his yes. mic off. That's right. No, now, see, his mic's allowed to stay on for yeah. a little while more now because of that uh, that correct answer. You, he, listen, Will Ty knows where for his, the Clippers this year. Will Ty knows I, I where his bread's buttered. The Lakers. Um, all right. So now, with all that being said, let's dig into it here. And just uh, just another reminder, NFL.com Live. I don't even know the hours, though, right now, so it's kind of hard to promote. But be on the lookout for it. And also, may as well follow at NFL.com uh, Live. That seems weird to NFL say. NFL.com Live. On Twitter, NFL.com Live. Follow that now, and uh, you'll be able to Why keep up to date dot with everything we do. I don't know. Listen, let's dot, talk about. Can we talk dot com? We've been talking for it feels like forty eight minutes already. Can we talk about the playoffs? Would that bother you so much if we did that? We talked about the play. We talked about the Chargers' chances. Yeah, and then we talked about okay. Oklahoma State, and now let's talk about the NFL playoffs. And you tweeted out, and this is always a good idea to follow Adam Rank because uh, sometimes we'll just tweet out on a whim. We'll do a little something we call tweet nay. We go mm-hmm. through what's going on. In football, um, and uh, of course, this week it is the playoffs. And you sent it out to the to the tweet the tweet diverse is that what they call it the Twitter Twitterverse Twitterverse. I know I'd heard it somewhere before. Something like that. So you sent it out there for their questions, but let's talk very quickly about overarching points okay. with what we think is going to happen here. I said preseason. I said the Green Bay Packers over the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm standing by that, and here's my logic. Three teams in the AFC have a shot at getting to the Super Bowl realistically. Let's reject the Texans, a nice story, great defense, running game, but T.J. Yates is not taking them to the Super Bowl. He is not going to break the uh, 45-year streak of a rookie quarterback. Uh, starting and leading his team. I don't think T.J. Yates is going to break that string, nor will Jake DeLome if he has to take over at any point. The Bengals, that's that's enough about that. And uh, the Denver Broncos. They might as well cancel that game. Well, but it, but it's but it's massively important though, and 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 let me explain why in just a second. And then the the Tebos, and you might be able to make a case, and I, I will make that case for you that uh, why the Broncos can beat the Steelers, but obviously they're not going to run the table. They're not going to win three games to get right. to the Super Bowl, so we can forget that. So it's the Steelers, it's the Ravens, it's the Patriots. But but what really is going to determine, as far as I'm concerned, which of those teams gets there is what happens in that Texans. And Bengals game because if the Bengals win it, 
the Bengals go to Foxborough. That is a gimme. And let's assume that the Steelers beat the Broncos. Then you have that bloodbath game. Those two teams play. They both come out destroyed, decimated by injury. They'll limp in, whichever one survives. They'll limp into Foxborough. They won't be at 100%. You know that going into the game against the Patriots. This sets up, if the Bengals win, about as easy a road as you could possibly have to get to a Super Bowl. Two home games, one of which is against the Bengals. The second is against a banged-up Ravens or Steelers team. That's probably a recipe for success if you're a Brady and company. The other way... I think then it favors the Ravens if you have to if you get Pittsburgh and the Patriots playing one another in the divisional round, mm-hmm. then you have a relative cupcake, whichever one it is. You have the I mean I guess it's the Texans and again right. I, I you know by the way I do not assume the Texans would beat the would would necessarily lose to the Ravens. But I think the rookie QB thing will be the difference. I right. th- it, that that there is a reason why but, rookie QB. Uh, the thing is, though, that sounds Don't so ominous. Off, no, nope. that, that what sounds ominous is 45 years. No one's ever done it. And I, I just said that uh, that. The, the the line about, oh, I don't think a rookie's going to – T.J. Yates is going to break that. But let's remember, rookie QBs have never been starting QBs in the NFL for legitimate teams until very recently. It really right. did kind of start with – correct me if I'm wrong – Roethlisberger? Was he sort of the first rookie to just be put in there on a legitimate team and sort of take their team far? Then Matt Ryan did it. Cam Newton installed this year, had the big season. Obviously, the team wasn't very good. Andy Dalton's in the mix this year. But there aren't very many – stories of rookie QBs going really deep into the playoffs, but there aren't very many occasions until, you know, the 21st century when any team would turn over the reins to a rookie quarterback under any circumstances. So I think it's where you're looking more at like a 15-year history of that. Now it doesn't seem so daunting. All yeah. that being said. Because, like, the first time that really happened, something like that, and he wasn't a rookie, but Vince Ferragamo was starting his eighth career game when they were playing well, Super Bowl. And Tom Brady wasn't in his first year right. when they, you know, that was his second year when he took over for Drew Bledsoe. Either way, even if TJ Yates can go into Baltimore and up and pull the upset, which wouldn't be stunning because it's not like the Ravens have the most prolific offense in the world. And um, the defense for the Texans is great and Arian Foster can run. So maybe they can, uh, they can pull out a couple, but ultimately are they going to win three games to get to the Super Bowl? It feels yeah. very unlikely. So that's how you do it. The Ravens are the favorite if Houston wins this week. Mm-hmm. And then because either they would have to go up to Foxborough. I don't think that's a scary thing for them, considering what they did two years ago when Ray Rice destroyed them, pounded them on the ground right. a couple of years ago. And on the other hand, if Pittsburgh rolls in there, much as it pains me to say, I always love to mock Ravens fans, people who watch the shame report in the Baltimore area, <laughs> berate me for being a, a so-called Ravens hater. I hate you hate the Ravens. Oh, you're so upset that, that we beat you twice this year. No, I'm not. I Listen, on behalf of all Steeler fans, I don't consider you our rival. You've never beaten us in a big game. Like the way Coke doesn't consider RC its rival? Right. You're gum on our shoe, I'm afraid to say. You've never beaten us in any game of significance. However, I think this would be the year. If the Steelers do have to go to Baltimore, I think this is the year. Because look it up. The Steelers and Ravens, I think, have played three playoff games. The Steelers have won them all. When both teams are really good and something big is on the line, generally speaking, the Steelers are going to win. So, that being said, I think this would be the year that that trend would reverse itself. Um, and uh, and so I think Baltimore would be the favorite. It, again, if the Texans beat the Bengals, if the Bengals win, then the Patriots go. 
no matter what in the NFC shakes out, I like the Packers. I know I'm hearing a lot of talk lately the last couple days. Oh, the the Giants are going to do it. The Giants are going to go in there and upset them. First of all, let's see them get by the Falcons. I think they will, but I wouldn't. My jaw wouldn't drop if they if the Falcons knocked them off. But I'm all season long I've been saying I'm not a believer. In the Falcons, let's say the Giants get that one, though. With their front four now going and you and you are back in the fold with Tuck and the way Jason Pierre-Paul's playing, man, that maybe you get the repeat of what happened to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl a couple a few years ago. The difference being, though, of course, that Aaron Rodgers can run away from pressure. Tom Brady had no ability to do that. I think that Aaron Rodgers can run away from pressure. So, That's absolutely the case. Um, so I still like the Packers. And, and the other talk, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this rank. Everybody now, the, the, the hot pick seems to be the Saints. Mm-hmm. Because the Packers lost one game and almost lost to the Giants, it's sort of like ho-hum with this team. Now it's the Saints because they're playing so well. Here's my, here's my response to you if you are a Saints believer, somebody who's, who's taken Drew Brees because he's been so phenomenal lately. Do you really think he's going to beat the Lions, who are unstoppable on offense themselves the last month? Matt Stafford, uh, statistically, had he not had the injured hand and had to wear that glove for a little while, he'd be right. I mean, obviously went over 5,000 yeah, anyway. 5,000 yards, yes. His year would have been even more monstrous. And, uh, you know, listen, he's ba- basically targeting Calvin Johnson. But now the new thing is he's involving the rookie, Titus Young. Now, if they mm-hmm. have four receivers, including the tight end, good pass catchers there, this is a very scary offense in spite of the fact that they don't have a capable running back, which is – uh, also, sort of something you would say about the Patriots and the and the Packers Plenty too. Of teams. Anyway, so the Saints have to survive against Detroit. They should do that in the dome. But what the Saints are not good at is traveling and being out on grass and and traveling at all, let alone across the country. They they'd have to go to Candlestick, beat the best defense in the NFL, and then if they do that, and I'm right about the Packers, then they have to go to Lambeau, where it's going to be cold. That's just not going to happen. They're, that, the, uh, hear me now. Believe me later. The Saints are not going to the Super Bowl. Their history shows that because last week, last year, they went to Seattle, were terrible against a team that was seven and nine, barely got into the playoffs. A couple of years ago, the Saints played at Chicago in the 2006 NFC Championship game. Again, they can't go outside and win. And remember, when they go to San Francisco. That field is going to be underwater pretty much because that field's a soaky, soppy kind of mess. You know that if the Saints are coming to town, Harbaugh's going to tell that. Yeah, if you're a conspiracy crew, theorist, I absolutely would think of, uh, you know, among the group of coaches that would do that, Harbaugh's one, and I'm not frowning on that. That's no, no, gamesmanship. No, no. That's called home court, home field advantage. They probably haven't, they probably haven't cut that grass in weeks. And, and, and it'll just. It won't be a good matchup for the Saints. I don't like them. I don't think they're going to get – they'll get past the Lions. They're not getting past the 49 I know. People, here's something you I, I've heard quite a bit of in the last six weeks. Hey, since Jonathan Vilma's come back, that defense is completely different for the Saints. It ain't that much better. It's, it's it, better. It's definitely better. But I, I, a team like the 49ers, I bet you will be able to pound them Can down real them. good. Yes, They'll just absolutely. grind them and keep the ball away from – there won't be any 40 points put on the board – against that Niners defense because Gore and company will just grind them as much as they possibly can. And, by the way, this is 
this is speculation. It's what I uh, it's what I thrive in is reckless speculation. But I feel like watching Alex Smith play coming down the stretch, he got a great deal out of that win against Pittsburgh on Monday night. That to San Francisco and the 49ers fans and to that organization was a big deal. Now, obviously, the lore of the Niners is great, but none of the people on that team, uh, anybody really even associated with it at this point, have anything to do with Joe Montana and Steve Young. So that was a big deal for them. There was a lot of pressure on them to win that game. And he made some big throws in the second half of that game against, obviously, a good defense. So I think that Alex Smith probably is sneaky confident going into this game. So As yes, he uh, should be. Assuming that it even is the Saints. We don't even know that it will be the Saints who survive that game. Again, I don't I, – what, what I do think, though – Talk about – I joke about what the Super Bowl score might be if you get Packers and Patriots, you know, 237 to 231. Right. This game in the Superdome, what, what's to stop either team from putting 50 on the board? Absolutely. It should be back and forth the whole day, right? I hope so. The only thing that might slow it down is if they decide to pound Pierre Thomas a little bit, mm-hmm. which is ironic, but that is what uh, Sean Payton might try to do is play some keep away from the Detroit offense. Now, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to want to go out and sling it. If the, if the Lions are going to go out and throw it, then he wants to show that he's just as good and our team can do that much. They they went for the record on Monday night in week 15. So this team isn't that, hey, we're going to pound the ball and play it smart. They play reckless. They play loose. They're just going to let it fly. Oh, the tears that were shed over that. How oh, could I'm Drew saying, Brees no, 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 I'm not saying go for that the record? Wrong. No, no, no. I'm, I think we're in agreement on that. The only other thing, and, and I hate when people say, hey, assuming – Everybody stays healthy. Of course, it all assumes Thank you. that everybody Thank stays healthy. Thank you for healthy. pointing that out. That's that's but, the thing. Wait, no, no, no. That's the thing I hated because when we when we go back and we look at our projections or our projections, I should say, I picked the Lions to go to the playoffs, and that was one of the. And I understand. I got some things wrong. Oh, dig those up. Do you have I those miss, while we're talking? We can probably we, we can look it up. We don't have to do it right now. But when you talk about it. Anything was, to get you from stop talking. I mean, it's, listen, am I right, Will? T- no, I'm sorry. Please proceed. <laughs> I was, uh, but I was offended earlier because even some of the people on our site were always under this fruition of saying, you know what? If Matthew Stafford stays healthy, the Lions have a chance to make the. And I hate that kind of nonsense. That kind of here's my caveat or whatever. I went out there and I said, you know what? The Lions are making the playoffs. I'm not going to say if Matthew. I'm not giving any any. Qualifiers, anything. The Lions are making the playoffs, and they made it. And it, it would, you know, and I got some right, I got some wrong. The Dolphins obviously didn't make the playoffs, but yes. And so it comes down to this thing too, like, hey, you know, hey, if this team stays healthy, or if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get, I'm done with it. Please stop saying that. Just make your call. If injuries happen, injuries happen. And the thing that scares me the most, and I've been thinking about this, and we were talking about going to Indianapolis. My luck, it's going to be a 49ers and Steelers Super Bowl. And I'm like, this will be great. Why don't we get and we'll get we'll bring in Kevin McHale. We'll p- bring in Patrick Roy. Everybody that made my life miserable as a youth, the 49ers and the Steelers, uh, be, two teams I, I cannot stand. I don't know if I would be able to see the game because, of course, that game is is going to be a dome game, and I don't know that I'd be able to see it uh, through the roof up on cloud nine if that would happen. <laughs> oh, it'd be of wonderful. What a, what a treat that would be. That's two, right. uh, two of the truly iconic teams from different eras. That would be a wonderful game. Um, I don't think – I know you think the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl. I just don't think it's in the cards for them this year, again, based on the way it stacks up. I don't well, like them having to – I don't like them having to, um, in all likelihood, to have to beat the Patriots and the Ravens. That's uh, a tough – 
two-game stretch, both of, both of which would be played on the road. I know people like to take teams in a vacuum, but you must look at what their path is likely to be in order to uh, – same thing with the Saints. Like I said, let's talk about well, – yeah, oh, look up – no, no, I no, want to see what the projections were. Where, where no. are these – the projections of this I'm is the gonna... first time you're listening. This is – we did this right before the season started. We gave our seeds one through six in both conferences to see how we thought. I know I had the Patriots as the one seed, so I was right about that. I had the Packers as the one seed. I was right about that. I had the Saints as the second seed. Just missed on that one. Second seed would have been the Ravens for me, so I'm doing pretty well there. I missed on the Dolphins with you. I had them as my sixth seed. I had the Steelers as the five seed. I hit that. Houston. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I had Houston as the number two seed. Mm -hmm. Wrong there. My big swing and miss, I guess, is the San Diego Chargers. I had the Eagles like the rest of the world. I did take the Niners to win that division, though. That was a sage pick. Cowboys, I was wrong on. Falcons, I was right on. Okay. I'm looking at you. You got the Cardinals wrong. Wait, hold on. I got the Patriots. I haven't got the seeds right on most of them, though. I got Patriots number one. I had the Chargers as the number two. Ravens at number three. Titans who made a they made a run for the playoffs. That doesn't count. You don't have to say anything about it. You were wrong. That's all. Is it right or is it wrong? uh, Miami, I was wrong. As a five seed, no less. The Steelers as a six. The Cardinals. Uh, yeah, Detroit. All right, five. So you got that Falcons right. as a six. Right. Listen, in other words, Packers, I won. Saints. I I defeated you. I, I was a little bit better Wait, than hold you. Hold on, what? no, no, no. There's no reason. And also, I don't think your but New Orleans you... over. I don't think your New Orleans over the uh, the Chargers is going to come true. So I also win on that count. So, all right. Now let's. You you tweeted it out. You did some tweet and a here. What's oh, the yeah, Czech Republic and the rank amateurs? What are they thinking about here? What do they want to know about with this uh, with this wild card picture? Well, you were just talking about the Steelers and their journey to the Super Bowl. Mm. Everybody is assuming that the Steelers are going to beat the Broncos. A couple of questions here. First of all, one comes from Craig Dodge, who asks our main man Dodge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He goes, "Can you or Dave give vertically bro- striped socks? I believe is the name of his very fine podcast. Check that one out." Can you or Dave give Broncos fans any hope? We feel like dead men walking towards Sunday. And I'll give you another one from Chef, from Chef Kevin Stacy, who says, I want Damashek to give reasons how the Steelers could lose the wild card round to the Broncos. Well, the Steelers, outside of the game against the woeful St. Louis Rams, have shown no ability to score points in the last month, and that defense in Denver is legit. That's something you and I have talked about, Doomerville, Von Miller, Champ Bailey and beyond these guys are that's the reason that this team is relevant that's the reason this team is in the playoffs not Tim Tebow's miracles um I you know I see no reason why the game with seven minutes to go isn't going to be something like 10-9 Steelers or 9-7 and give Tebow the ball you need one play then that if if it's a one possession game um in the last quarter then of course any you know ball bounces funny and suddenly the broncos will win and all of america outside uh, the banks of the three rivers will rejoice that another tebow miracles happen i don't see the steelers how nervous will you be if the steelers are up 10 to 9 4 minutes to go petrified Team of course Tebow's running on of the course field. i mean i listen i'd be that way no matter who the I'm that way when joe flacco's on the field well actually with good reason he's actually uh, pulled off a couple of uh, last-minute drives. Did you the see the story? But anyway, yes, I I, I I absolutely could see that. Yeah, and and I don't with Roethlisberger. It is uh, it's a poorly kept secret in Pittsburgh. Over the course of his career, 
likes to bring up the fact that he's hurt. And once again mm-hmm. this week that we, we've heard that uh, he's tweaked his ankle. He suffered a setback in Cleveland. He's not feeling good. So is this bravado? Is this trying to build up the, the legend of Ben Roethlisberger? The drama. Perhaps. But now Marquise Pouncey, the center, the all-pro center, might not play. Obviously, Rashard Mendenhall out. I don't consider that a devastating loss so long as Isaac Redmond isn't fumbling the ball. But listen, Ryan Clark is sitting down. And by the way, kudos to Mike Tomlin. The medical staff cleared Ryan uh, Clark, Mm -hmm. and Ryan Clark himself said he was ready to go. But Mike Tomlin said, no, I wouldn't let my son play. I won't let you play. I think this is not to be glossed over. I think it's a great message. Bad idea. Talk about it. Bad idea. You don't like it. You're a football player. You should go play. No, I'm kidding. Absolutely. I like it. No, I I wanted to make some sort of smart remark, but when Tomlin kind of couched it that way about – I wouldn't let my son play. How could you How could you say opposite? But you know what? Uh, following up on that, so let's say the Broncos do. Let's say what would happen at the Broncos. Mark Dell of the LCS Hockey Show also tweeted in, how, how will the Dave react when Tebow beats the Steelers? He doesn't own a gun, does he? Well, uh, to my, um, for me, I have to think that my team is the – I have to in, – in my brain, I, there has to be an expectation – of where they're going. If I think, if I thought that my team was going to the Super Bowl and they got derailed by Tebow, that then it would be devastating. I don't think the Steelers are going deep into the playoffs, no matter what this year. What I'd like to see, I'd love to see. If I could have anything, I'd like to see him play the Patriots again up in Foxborough. Right. There's no shame if they can't go into Foxborough and win that game. That team seems to own the Steelers. It doesn't seem that way. They do own them, especially come playoff time. I'd like to get a, a shot at least to shaking off that stink. I'd like mm-hmm. to at least get, uh, you know, just as the Ravens, I'm sure, would like a shot at that. I, uh, As I say, as much fun as I've had uh, making fun of Flacco and the Ravens and everything, this is the year that I think if the Steelers have to play the Ravens. I'm, you don't want to play them? I fear what will happen. You know, that's one of those cliches that you always hear, and no one ever calls the analysts on this. It's like, hey, tough to beat, beat the same team twice in the same year. Hey, it's tough to beat the same team three times in a year. That's a pretty daunting task. If Baltimore rolls in, I mean, if, if Pittsburgh goes into to Baltimore, we'll hear that a million times leading up to the game. Like, right. oh, tough for Baltimore three times they have to beat Pittsburgh. You know what's tougher? is to lose two games to that team and then be like, oh, yeah, the third one will be the charm, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. They don't have our number, obviously. It's just a matter of time until we get it done. But they I, don't have your number. It's a one-year thing. I know. But, I but I but listen, in a given year, if you lose twice to the team, then it seems as though there's a trend developing there. There's if a there's reason a, why they're beating you. If there's a heated rivalry where you've gone back and forth for years, wouldn't the Steelers have the confidence to beat the Ravens? I guess so. Listen, maybe I'm being a little doom and gloom. I'm a just trying bit. to set myself up for the expectation that, you know, when we go to Indianapolis, so my team's not going to be there. I'm not sandbagging at a all. Little. I legitimately think the Ravens are going to the Super Bowl or the Patriots based on who wins this Texas-Cincinnati game. It's massively important. I know it seems crazy, but that is what's going to decide it, and I gave you my reasons why. Now, another uh, another tweet, if you please. Our man Connor Shutt. Is that how you would say that? S-C-H-U-T-T-E? I don't know. He doesn't sound like our man if you don't know how to say his name. I know. I see him. I see him tweet me often. Oh, all right. I don't know. I don't. I don't speak with him. I read it. And he says, "What will the upset of the week be?" Upset of the week. Wow. I'm tempted to say Lions. I guess I'll say Lions. The Lions. Yeah. How say you? You like? Now the Lions already lost to the Saints. We know, you know. Here's the, the thing: Lions we should lost, almost count on the Lions is, is lost the, is an upset. It, it's unlikely that you get through the wild card round with with all four favorites winning the game. So, 
But the Lions lost to the Saints already. They lost to a team with a, with its backup quarterback. Why should we assume that the the Lions would be? You, you talked about them being unstoppable. Well, the the Packers stopped them with a backup quarterback. I listen. The question is, who's going to upset them? Is the is the the other obvious answer is the Steelers? I guess is is going to get a, a, no, could I'm get not, upset. I'm not putting you. I mean, they're a road team. You know, the thin the air. Would be, the Bengals would be considered an upset. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I guess there, I guess there are possibilities all over the board. I guess the Falcons would be considered an upset too. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to amend my answer. You're right, Rank. I'll go with the Bengals because who knows what you what to expect out of two rookie QBs. That, but they are similar. Two good defenses, two teams that can run the ball. And, uh, uh, you know, my answer is based on the reason I think the Texans are going to win that game ultimately is that place will be gaga. Texans, yeah. you know, the, the Houston, this is their first game in forever. That place will be wild. I think Arian Foster is better than Cedric Benson. And both teams will be hoping to get a big play or two out of their two big-time receivers, A.J. Green and Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson hobbled, though, probably. He's probably not 100%. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at the the Houston has no real history, which is better than having the Bengals history. Right. Marvin Marvin Lewis has never won a playoff game, so um, so I, I'm gonna take the Texans there. But if I guess if I have to choose, I guess I'll say the Bengals because I don't Bengals. I don't in my heart of hearts think the Lions are going to win. I just think that everybody has kissed the Saints into the next round as though this is some walkover. Nobody has them in the Super Bowl. Well, when you have you know, listen. And Dominican Sue and company, you know, we, we saw the what a great defensive front four can do um, when the Giants did it to Tom Brady. Now that comparison is a little closer because Drew Brees, while able to dodge the rush, rush some, is a little bit more reminiscent of Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, like I say, can run away from pressure. If Dominican Sue, Nick Fairley, Kyle Vandenbosch and company can get some pressure. And, you know, Cliff Averill, if those guys are getting pressure on Drew Brees consistently, then obviously that throws just about any NFL QB out of whack. So, uh, but, uh, but again, I think the Saints are going to win. I'll go with the Bengals is my answer there. It's funny because the second biggest thing I fear outside of a 49ers-Steelers Super Bowl is an NFC Championship game with the 49ers and Giants. Like, that would be the worst. Ugh. That would be horrendous so if we're deprived Are of we, something. We're, right? But we're due for, like, a terrible Super Bowl. We're due for, like, a Ravens versus Giants Super Bowl. I think, well, you know how you'll get that? Is if the Packers go to the Super Bowl and play, let's say, if they the play Bengals. the Ravens, well, that's not going to happen. If they, if you know, shame the devil if they play the Steelers because if the Packers get another shot at the Steelers, I think that one will be much worse than what it was the first time. I think, they, I, yeah. I, I think they'll house them pretty good. And I think – oh, I, and I'm pretty certain that the same thing would happen if it was the Ravens too. I think the the Packers – I don't think – you know, I don't think it's one of those epic blowouts, 55 to 10, like we saw with Montana versus Elway in the one Super Bowl. But uh, I think you would see, you know, at least a 17 or 20-point win there. I miss the blowouts in the Super Bowl. You do? Why so? I don't. <laughs> Actually, the greatest blowout ever was Super Bowl 37 when the Buccaneers – Pounced on the Raiders. That, that, that is by by margin of victory. That is the biggest blowout. See, these are the fun things we're going to get to do down there on Media Row. Now, we've been talking to the producers who say, hey, well, we're going to line up as many guests as possible. You just want to have a nice flow of guests. There's so many people down there. And I'm all for it. But the fact of the matter is it's catch as catch can. There's going to be a lot of uh, downtime. And you know what that means. 
It's yeah. time to waste time. And who wastes time better <laughs> than Dave Damashek? When, when you know, that's Nobody. my there there a couple I have a couple of passions in my life, Adam. Uh-huh. One is booze. Right. Two is eating food, and three is wasting time. And I do wasting all of them. Wasting time. Oh, I'm, I, I'm wonderful. Dave, talk about it. I, I, uh, talk about what how you waste time. That's all right. Here we go. You brought in a guest here for us today, Adam we did. Rank. Yeah, we brought in a guest. I don't know how much time you spent on the NFL.com, but one of our most prolific writers, Mr. Dan Hanses, he writes the we have an around the web column. Actually, I think it's kind of a it's kind of a page. How would you describe it, Dan? Say hello to everybody. Say Hi, hello everybody. to the Czech Republic, the rank Dave, amateurs. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thank you. Any relation to Michael Hanzus? The hockey player. That's the only person that is even close to my last name. I do not know him. You so, don't know him, no relation. Probably a great else. guy, though. Not the same spelling. There's a D in there, I think. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Adam, no, what was your right. question for No, him? no, no. It's around the league. It's a blog. How would you describe it? It's like a blog page. You guys, it's not necessarily hard news. It's kind of, uh, kind of you know, kind of the, the blog, the sports blog type of stories you guys go after. Maybe not, you know, you're not watching the coach's press conference, but like, you know, if Tony Romo's going to be on Dancing with the Stars, you kind of or kind of or Terrell that. Suggs, for instance, suggests that he doesn't uh, that the Ravens don't need God on on their side. Right. We yeah, that's we gravitate towards a little left of center, and uh, when things are ridiculous, it's usually give it to the around the league guys. You know, <laughs> let them write something stupid. Let the commenters savage us, and then we just move forward. <laughs> well, here's point. here's you know You've you take, are. I, I we, think he's taken the t- the mantle from me and you. <laughs> I well, think Dan might have moved up. We have a power rankings of who the commenters hate on NFL.com. Dan Hanges might be our number one guy because you're the most prolific guy now. You get like you watch. We get reports about like, hey, who's clicking into what? Dan Hanges' stories are at the top. I've been removed. <laughs> well, I well that well. First of all, muzzle tub, and uh, of Thank course, you. if we're cutting out the state of Maryland, then maybe he would win. <laughs> but I, I think the uh, uh, good the boy. good people of uh, <laughs> of Charm City might say otherwise about uh, about me. Now, you, Dan, are a New York Jetropolitans fan, so you've been surely having to address quite a bit of this uh, this controversy this week. All this all this nonsense. What do you make of? I first of all, I've been saying. For two years, that Mark Sanchez is not an NFL quarterback. He is in the bottom ten quarterbacks in the NFL that start games. People scoffed at me. That's ridiculous. You're exaggerating to make a point. Oh, no. No, I'm not. And I haven't been, and I feel now validated in that. How say you about Mark Sanchez going forward as your as your QB? The Sanchez. Right. And, you know, Sanchez takes on a a really damaging type vibe now that it's almost a mocking term yes. in describing him. Um, you were right, uh, Dave. Uh, congratulations. I was all in on Sanchez because I took out of the AFC Championship last year against your beloved Steelers. His performance in the second half, I thought that he showed something in that game. I thought going into his third year, this would be the year he took off. But you know what? He he seemed to kind of just get lost, and I don't know. It went beyond just physical. It seemed to me that he lost his way mentally too. He kind of, and a lot of reporters were would say the same thing about that. That they would say he was kind of just a more sullen guy and very serious. And he lost a lot, Jeff fans, especially in the end of this season because his poor play, and now on top of this, his kind of laying low, his 
stock answers, very kind of just keeping it close to the vest and the jock speak, which, you know, Jet fans and New York fans in general don't want to hear that stuff. You know, they want somebody, you know, Greg McElroy is not the guy to say that. You know, which he did today, but or yesterday <laughs> from Alabama, he right. a, the former <laughs> Alabama QB. If you missed it, rookie QB did not uh, take a snap. Was not on the field. I think he was on the IR before the. He yeah. said, "What a toxic environment! What a terrible place!" <laughs> so on and so forth. Yeah, he. I mean, that wasn't his place either. But in, in a way, and this wasn't McElroy's intention. I'm not even sure McElroy realized that by talking to his hometown radio dudes that it was going to be showing up. On you know NFL.com and everywhere you know twenty you minutes later. Play, my, right. When I talk into this microphone, it goes out <laughs> the place. He's, he's that backwater that he. Well, no, yeah, I mean that that probably comes Alabama, off as kind so. of yeah. I, I don't know if if he is a savvy guy. Even on his Twitter page, he I think he references himself in the bio as you know aspiring media personality or something like that. So it's really not a fair comment, actually. But he, so he had, was probably a little bit calculated with that. Yeah, he must have been calculated with it, but at the same time, he if he if he is somebody that's a smart guy, he should have known that he was going to get a lot of crap for. He hurt his broke his thumb in the last preseason game, injured reserve, would have been the third string QB anyway. That's not a spot, but his what McElroy said kind of ended up uh, making Sanchez look worse, which I know wasn't McElroy's intention, but. It again sh- it put the spotlight on Sanchez as, and why is this guy saying you know what needs to be said? And meanwhile, you're you know giving the answers like, you know we're gonna do hard, we're gonna do hard work, we're gonna get this straightened out. And I gotta say though, I feel like it feels very bad right now. It feels like wow, this is an unfixable thing. Three months from now, it won't feel that way. And I think it. W- I think actually. I'm with Sanchez on this one. I think for him to go out there and land base some of these guys would, would wouldn't do him any favors. I don't think that would help the team at all. Listen, come March or April, get through the draft, see where things are. Now, if I if we're up to me, if I were making the decisions on the, on who sticks around, I would not want Mark Sanchez to be my quarterback. I have it this way. I say and people scoffed as recently as three weeks ago, people aren't laughing so much anymore. I'd rather have Tavares Jackson than uh, Mark Sanchez as my Ouch. quarterback. That's right. I would. I'm trying to name him from ba- from bad on up there. But we we threw some names around, Rank. Like Kevin Cobb is right there. It's close. That one's there. The people, uh, uh, like I say, a few weeks ago would have scoffed at. Um, uh, Donovan McNabb is, is a worse option to go out and get. That's a guy who He's I wouldn't want to have. Um, one of the McNown boys, I wouldn't want to have them. But these are guys who've started games this season in the NFL that weren't thrust into the role because of injury, but guys who who started the year uh, on their respective teams. Mark Sanchez, the point is, is abysmal. And he has a high pedigree as opposed to the other guys who we're talking about. And the other thing is, it's not a fair comparison to, let's say, Tavares Jackson because – Mark Sanchez has had weapons. I mean, the, 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 their offensive line wasn't great this year in New York, but they and they didn't uh, run the ball as well as they did the last couple of years. But the defense is still good, and over three years, the defense has been one of the better defenses. They can run the ball, and San Antonio Holmes. The names have changed, but San Antonio Holmes, Plexico Burris, uh, you know, Derek Mason didn't work out, then, and then Braylon Edwards before that. Dustin Keller can is a is a good pass catcher. Jericho Cotri in the past, he's had weapons around him, and and I know they've gotten to title games and everything, but. It, it, I feel like it's sort of the same thing as what happened at USC. Yes, he was surrounded by great players, but they won in spite of him, not because of him. Well, I do think this idea that 
and again, I I have admitted now I'm off the Sanchez bandwagon, but I will say this idea that he's had these great weapons is a little bit of an overstatement because San Antonio Holmes isn't one of the four or five best wide receivers in the we- AFC. Weapon, horrible guy, weapon. Um, Plaxico is like a six foot five corpse at this point. You know they wheel him out there in the red zone. He, I think he had seven or eight touchdowns, but he you know he couldn't get open. Keller's a good player that disappears for stretches, and their run game just it wasn't there this year. They thought that Green would be the player that would go to the next level. That never materialized. LT was on the downside uh, by the second half last season, and that just progressed this year. So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think that he really was had, you know, a ton of options around him. He should he have been better, yes, but I think he kind of gets a bum rap with that. Now everybody's talking about this possibility of Peyton Manning going there. As a Jets fan, what do you, what are you hearing? As a Jets fan, would you accept that? I, as a Jets fan, we've been hurt before, and it's it's. <laughs> This is tough. So you don't cry. Though. I'm I'm getting <laughs> choked up right now. No, but it's the Brett Favre thing is still fresh on our minds because, you know, we we thought we had the veteran guy that was going to put us over the hump in 2008, and you know. He, Who wants these rejects? I don't want legends from other teams inhabiting my team. That's not the way to get to the Super Bowl. Is that how you want to get over no, and with s- Peyton Manning? And the, he did it with other team. You don't want him. And that's what makes it even more painful is that Sanchez, you know, people like me and many other Jets men had talked ourselves into, wow, we finally got that guy. We don't need to pluck him. We, You know, from somewhere else we had him. And now it's like all of a sudden now we don't have him. And now we got to get the 36-year-old guy off 12 neck surgeries. It's like, I don't know. You know, we're back to square one, and I don't know what comes next. But Here's what I do know. Matt Here, Flynn. Here's my guess. Yeah, that would be another nightmare to spend $50 million to bring that guy in because he had uh, one and a half good games. That would not be a great idea. <laughs> but um, – with that, uh, with, with the uh, with uh, the the possibility of Manning coming in there, here's what I do think. I don't know if he winds up with the Jets, but I think Peyton Manning is done in Indy. I don't think he'll come back. They're going to bring in a new GM, and the best chance he had of making it back, Peyton Manning, was for Polian to be like, listen, we got to stick with this guy. He's our guy. We can get back to where we were. Don't you think that's why Polian was fired? Yes. I, I guess Pol- I'm saying that's it. exactly what Polian would have done. I think this is the perfect excuse. I think they now will fire. I think the, the, they've cleared house. Jim called well, the only reason he hasn't been fired yet is because the new GM will come in and say, here's who I'd like to get instead. Then they'll kick uh, Caldwell to the curb. And, uh, and and then they'll say, the GM will say, hey, listen, uh, Mr. Ursay, we're, we're, we're hamstrung with this contract for a guy in his mid-30s. We don't know if he can play. Let's cut him loose. Let's turn the page. We'll draft Andrew Luck, and we'll reshape this team from, from the ground up. Because here's another thing. I agree. You and I rank in the summertime. We're talking bad about Peyton Manning that we thought he was a little overrated. Not saying he's not great, just not as great as everybody seemed to hold him up, as we saw in that list of the greatest players of all time when they named him the eighth greatest NFL player in the history <laughs> of NFL football. It was, <laughs> Makes me. It's hard to imagine that that uh, uh, reasonable people would say such a thing. Um, but a guy who throws big games away all the time throughout his career. But uh, he's the thing that he's benefited from by not playing at all this season is the idea that look now you see how valuable he is when he's not there. Now all of a sudden they were in the play. They would. I, I bet you they would have gone eight and eight at best if he oh. had been there. That team was lousy, and, and if Peyton Manning had been in there, they still would have stunk up the joint. That's they would what have I been said. like six and ten, seven and nine. You're being generous at eight and eight. Well, they but. And since we'll never know, it will always be assumed that he would have just, you know, 
rolled out another 11 and 5, 12 and 4 if you're in the Peyton club and you know, we'll never know, but I don't know. I just I don't think he is I don't think he's going to play again personally, but if he does, I don't, I don't know where he's going to land either. I know Rex has talked high about him, but I don't know if that would ever happen. Rex. How about that? Yeah. I love Rex. I do find him a uh, ray of sunshine in the uh in the too often unfun NFL and these uh, curmudgeonly coaches. I do love him, but he has created a lot of trouble with the media talk, and I think it's delightful when he's being funny, but the right. Sanchez stuff just unnecessarily heaps pressure on his guy. You know, there's uh, the the Super Bowl thing doesn't bother me. What's what's going to happen this year? We're going to win the Super Bowl. That's kind of good to set the but, – but the Sanchez stuff, why put pressure on that guy yeah. coming in there? He, he, Rex has had a, a rough little stretch here, and I thought the worst thing that's, that he's ever done was uh, on Monday – when he had his press conference with Tannenbaum next to him, and he said, uh, you know, he had a chance to put Holmes in his place. Uh, you know, I, I should I made a mistake about naming him captain. He was not the right guy. Instead, he went into this rant about how he never believed in what captains are about. He is stripping everyone of being a captain, and he's doing away with captains. So he managed to, yes, now Holmes is no longer a captain if he comes back. But, again, it's a slap in the face to Sanchez and, and anybody else that, you know, should have been a captain or could have been for the team. I, you know, I just thought that was him being weak again, Ryan, instead of, you know, making a stand and, and San- saying I'm not going to be everybody's buddy, you know. For the record, I hear me now, Santonio will be back. Manning will be gone from the Colts. Santonio will be back with the Jets. They can't afford to lose him right now. They consider themselves in the midst of being eligible for the Super Bowl. They're not going to cut bait with their one good – viable receiver right now Deshaun Jackson oh my God. if they can make that happen I bet you the Eagles are going to have something to say about that though I like Deshaun I another like delight yeah a delight circling back <laughs> like in the last month like so you clearly but his isn't age, that the team his agent think clearly just... whispered Deshaun you're doing it wrong first we have to get the contract <laughs> then you can be a pain in the butt oh yeah all right I'll spend the next three weeks saying the right things um <laughs> I can't believe he got that mixed up all right, quickly, Hanzus, give us uh, – is there an upset to, we should be on the lookout for wild card weekend? Well, there is, there's always an upset, right? Um, right. I'm just going to say I think there's going to be one more uh, one more bit of Tebow magic here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad that people are starting to come around on that, honestly. When everybody says that a team's going to win, then that team doesn't win. So I'm glad that now people are starting to come around on the possibility that Tebow's going to pull this one out. And then, yeah, I mean, I – Big Big Ben, you know, he's just he's just a messed up guy right now, and I don't know if 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 he was healthy, I wouldn't worry about it at all. But and I don't even think it's going to be something where Tebow is going to save them or anything. I just see I just see a low scoring game, and but other than that, I, I see things kind of playing out as as they. All right, season. excellent stuff, Dan Hanzus around the league. You check him out there at NFL dot com. Track him down. And uh, rank, we're gonna watch the playoffs. It's gonna be grand. I gotta go put my slacks on so we can go out for our Thank you. Uh, for our fantasy dinner here. Wilk Ty, thanks for uh, uh, holding down the fort behind the glass. Although you did talk way, 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 way too, much. too much. I mean, it just gets out of way. hand sometimes. Little chatty. Oh, before we go though, I almost forgot. You got to play us out here. The one man house band, our pal Dick Banks, uh, cooked up. A year-end song for 2011. We didn't get to it last year, last week when we were doing the Shecky Awards, episode 43. That was. If you had missed any of the Sheckies, you can find out who won Condiment of the Year, Uniform of the Year. Um, what else did we cover? 
in that in that list. Uh, best theme music. We did. Uh, we did all. We gave out the Greatest Sonic Award for the, the worst for sports America. town of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. All, all sorts of things. So look that one up. Fruit of the year. All those. You can hear that on episode forty three. Um, but Dick Banks has a little song to sort of look back one last time on twenty eleven. Give a listen to that, and then when that's through, start looking forward to the kickoff of the wild card <laughs> round because it's upon us. We'll be back for more Hui and Applesauce on the other side of the wild card round and get you ready for the divisional round. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. I'm going to look back at the year 2011. Smoking Joe Frazier, he went to heaven. Joe makes sure to say hi to David Stern since he thinks he's God. The pack are still good, but their undefeated hopes die. Harbaugh and Schwartz had a real lame fight. And Pac-Man Jones was up to his same old tricks. I'd say this year in sports we had some real good headlines. 2011, goodbye. Barry the Head Bond was convicted a lion. Favre retired for the 14th time. And the Bruins gave us one more reason to hate Boston fans. Kit Crosby's head is giving him fits. Jeter gets to 3,000 women. Oh, no, that's it. And Peyton Manning's body says, old man, your time may be up. I'd say this year in sports we had some real good headlines. 2011, goodbye. Plaxico Burris got out of the pokey. This Tebow time crap is so damn hokey. And Dirk Nowitzki finally got his title for Big D. St. Louis won the series, then pool holes went west. Sorry, Cardinal fans, it's about who pays you the best. And Chris Paul is playing for the Clippers, yes, that L.A. team. The shame report hits it big. Dave wears a skinny tie. 2011, goodbye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. 
It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And? Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.